Welcome everybody, this is RayRebelEars.com. Right now we are filming live at 400 Northside Drive with my business partner, YL. What's going on everybody, Rebel Ears YL here. You tune into the Rebel Ears Podcast. Yeah, so now we got a special guest with us tonight. He was actually one of our instructors when YL and I went to SAE. Um, he is a very talented engineer, a great mixing engineer, master engineer. He has so many credits. You know, he just worked with Richard Kidd, worked with Offset. This guy right here, like uh, Ray said, he's one of our instructors. Very decorated engineer, also entrepreneur, a multimedia company. So he does video, audio, he does it all, man. Uh, Y'all give a big welcome, big shout out to Devon Ellis. What up, y'all? What up, everybody? Appreciate y'all having me on the show, man. It's definitely a pleasure and an honor to be along with y'all. Thank you for coming in today. We got a lot to talk about, especially, you know, how you started out. I honestly started kind of in the film game, man. Um, my mom, Dukes, was always big on business. She's a numbers person, so she, uh, she, she got her education in mathematics, so she sent me to school. SCAD, get me out of my hometown in Charleston. Uh, give me a better life, you know, better, better than what was going on down there. So I, I just ended up going to film school. I went, I went to SCAD in Savannah, Georgia. While I was there, I started working for, you know what I'm saying, some real big-name companies. I was kind of blessed. I worked for ABC Sports while I was there. I worked for Current TV. I was a southeastern region, uh, regional producer for a lot of documentaries. I linked in uh, with my main man, Dushan Bullock. Um, he was actually an instructor for me down at SCAD. If y'all know Dushan, he, he dates back to Pure Pain Records, Camouflage. Oh, he was one of their producers yeah. back in the day. Um, but he was also on the film side, so that was real intriguing to me, you know, to mm -hmm. see somebody look like me, you know, hair like me, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, amongst this, you know, Ivy League school of, you know, arts, I guess, you know what I'm saying, teaching me. So I linked in with Bra, and he, he brought me out to a lot of things, you know, the Idlewild shoot. He had me shooting with Def Jam, uh, with Nitty. And I just really learned how to pick up that camera, man, and just started grinding. I got to a point in time I was really digging into the music. It wasn't a huge, huge, huge music scene down in Savannah like that, but right. there was a lot of people recording. So I just, uh, honestly, did some scad illegal stuff, some school illegal stuff. I, I was hustling school time. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the time I'm supposed to be in a lab working on my work, you know what I'm saying, or doing practice, I was bringing people in from from the seaport to come and record. Come and record. So mm. I was recording a lot of, you know, major artists that they had down there within the city, like Mr. Measy and, you know what I'm saying? I really started getting real good at my craft mm -hmm. and doing that. So I picked up my degree in, um, in, in sound design, which was a film and audio degree. But uh, it just kind of plateaued me to be able to start digging into Pro Tools, understanding how that whole thing worked, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So real quick, with sound design, that's your master's? Yeah, that's yeah. my master's. It was a focusing point. Like I said, my mom was a teacher, so I really kind of got intrigued at that point in time about teaching. And I had a teaching opportunity that came up, and I know you needed that master's degree in order to teach on the university level and that type of stuff. Yeah. Along with, you know, still hustling out there in the streets. So I ended up getting the teaching gig while I was doing my master's. So I would be in Savannah Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday doing class, and then like two days out of the week, I would drive like an hour and a half, two hours to Charleston, me and my partner, and go teach at the Art Institute of Charleston. And on Fridays, I'll be back in Savannah packing up my stuff to head to Atlanta. And I would come out to Atlanta and I would engineer out here or you know, get in the studio, try to intern, whatever, you know what I'm saying, just to get it in until I finished my degree. After that, I moved to Miami and just kind of took off from there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so really the art of hustle was there. 
yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm yeah. saying you, because what you just told us in a little bit of time of you going to school and you really learning the crowd, you just accomplished more than some people accomplish in a whole career. In ten years, you know, from working with ABC and from working with different producers and end up teaching while you're going to school and at a young age. Yeah. You know, um, can you can you tell us about just like the inspiration and what just made you go hard? Was it was it your mentor or was it the fact that you were just so intrigued with what you wanted to do as far as film and audio? You know what? Like, y'all family, man, I'm gonna keep them 150 with y'all. To be honest with you, was getting to that paper. I'm gonna be real with you. Right. Like, I'm not even gonna flex. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, but I wanted to do it in a way where I was gonna be comfortable with what I wanted to do every day. Like, yeah. if I can't do something, like, I can make all the money in the world. Anybody can make all the money in the world, but if they hate doing it, ain't no point of doing There's it. There's no passion in it. Yeah, right. ain't no passion right. in exactly. it. So I had a passion for the arts. I had a passion for music. I, I've been doing it since I was 15, to be honest with you, originally. Like, I yeah. won awards for my business. My first business opened up. I was, I was like 15. It was like 2000, 2001. Mm -hmm. And like I won awards with that just on the film stuff and like you know a little music here and there, but like it was always an inspiration to be like, all right, I gotta get up out of here. I gotta get my mama up out of here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like right. my 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 brother, like you know he behind the walls. You know what I'm saying on some other stuff. And you know I I know the path that I was going. So my mom's just really kind of I hate to sound sound like this, but it was realistic. She kind of like hustled like to hustle me. You feel yeah, me? like you gotta right. get it hard. It was instilled in you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that really what it was. I, I guess it was, you know, the money was a driving factor, but getting up out of where we were at and having a better life, that was really like the prime focus that really put me in the game like that. So you got that much dedication, you're gonna spend the time doing it. Yeah. So real quick, going back to your awards, because I saw that you had a business plan of the year, correct? Yeah, yeah. So get more in depth on that, because that's something that a lot of beginning entrepreneurs or if you try to build your own company, that's something that you really need to focus on, like a business plan. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm one of those people I don't really like to depend on nobody. So if I want something like bad enough, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? And one of the things that I wanted bad enough was be able to get funding for my business to be able to take off and do more. The more you know, the more it takes money to make money, right? Yeah. Right. So I had that hustling mentality when I was young, and like I said, I I ended up on um, writing my business plan along with my mom's. Um, back then, I don't know if they still got it, but they used to have this thing called Score. What Score does is like you can go to their website, you was able to link up with them, and it'll be retired businessmen or retired entertainment lawyers or whatever yeah. else. And uh, you're able to link up with them and they'll help you up with your business plan or whatever, whoop de whoop. And if your idea or what you were doing was something that was profitable, and that was an immersing industry, they'll, they'll really kind of work with you or link you in with their people. Right. Yeah. Right. So I ended up doing that, right? My business plan, the business plan was dope. I still use, like, you know what I'm saying? 20 years later, for real, for real, I, I still use a good section of those business plans. But what it also did going through school and having a, such a, a good like game plan in, in regards to what I wanted to do at media back in the early 2000s, late 90s, that they linked me up with this dude that owned this company called Go Films. So they were doing a lot of um, things around the Charleston area. Charleston has a lot of film stuff going on. It's historic. It's the low country. You're right, uh, right. You know, a lot of Geechee folk, you know, that's where we're from. So we ended up, you know what I'm saying, getting out there, Working with them, they showed a lot of stuff, you know, to me as a young age, and uh, that just kind of drove me to, all right, I got, I got to really get out here and get my name out there even more. So when it came down to scholarships, it came down to, 
getting money from like NFIB, National Federation of Independent Businesses. Like I, w- I was looking at those places because if you look at any successful business, I- I'm not a replicator, I'm not a copier, but like successful businesses got the same game plan. Yeah, so, like, like, the same type of model. Yeah, the same type of model, same type of mind frame of getting funding, same type of mind frame in regards to like who's really out there, Better Business Bureau, NFIB, you know what I'm saying, all those types of organizations. So just at a young age, I was really kind of just hustle that and, you know what I'm saying, use that to my advantage. But there was a purpose behind it. It wasn't just to get an award. I can get all the awards ever. Like, I don't really even talk about them. Right. Like, it, what's the purpose behind it? Is it going to get me more clientele? Is it going to be able to help me out, to help my community out a little exactly. bit more? Is it going to be profitable? Yeah, you know, how's it going to be profitable for me and what, what I'm trying to do for others? I hear a lot of engineers talk about, like, they're not big on the accolades. Like, they don't really care about... Yeah. I think, I don't know, for me, I think the what would be more important than an award would be like being able to just open up my own studio and it's thriving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I would be okay with mixing whoever, recording whoever. Being more stable basically than just having like an award. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So what you're saying is I mean, I think it registers with a lot of us. We'd rather get like you looking for the funding. Yeah. The award is a plus, but I'm coming here to get funding for my business so I can make a life and, and survive, you know, especially anybody out here who has families and things like that. We all, everything that we do has to be about surviving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That's dope. Appreciate it, man. All right. Um, a lot of people, well, they all going to find out. Y'all might not know, but you used to work at Hit Factory in Miami. Tell us uh, how you end up getting to Miami and how you end up working out of there. Yeah, man. You know, after I um, finished my master's degree, I was working with a lot of people down in Savannah. And, uh, like, I live a real life, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, outside of this, at that point in time, I was already kind of digging into the game just on, like, the label side. I became a rough rider, you know what I'm saying? So I was able to link in with, you know, the owner, Wall, you know what I'm saying? Recently, they they had, you know, we, excuse me, we had, you know, the thing on BT, like, right, you right, know, right. linking with Wall, TD, and the whole family. And uh, I was kind of new to the game, so when I was working in Savannah, I was recording, I was recording, I was trying to get the best product possible because I was about to ship off to Rough Riders, right? This is my mind frame, right? right I'm going right. to get this right, I'm going to go <laughs> send Juan in my work, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everybody I was working with, they were dropping like flies, man, they were getting killed. You know what I'm saying? There was a group I was definitely trying to work with, HelloFlow, which was signed with Jeezy Group. You know what I'm saying? They was out of Savannah, like one of them got killed, the other one got, you know, pretty hurt pretty bad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mr. Ruffles, you know what I'm saying, rest in peace. Had a man named Strong on, you know what I'm saying? They just tried to take him out. So it was like, when I finished my master, it was like, all right, it's it's time to kind of sell shop from the low country area. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, definitely. So I wanted something new. Um, my mom's that drove me down to Miami to go check out some things out there. So I had a job position at the Art Institute of Miami. So I was able to transfer from the artist to the Charleston to the artist to Miami. Mm. So I uh, I left. I ended up moving out of Fort Lauderdale. I stayed at one of my partner's parents' crib for like three months. I ended up moving out in North Miami, Opelika area, 135th and 3rd Court. And I was staying out there for a little minute. I was still trying to get my feet in the game, still trying to understand what was going on studio-wise and that type of stuff. Because honestly, at that point in time, I ain't really know. Right, right, right. I know Pure Pain Records and a few labels that I, or, or places I was messing with when I was going back and forth to Atlanta. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I got out there, didn't know nothing. And I was honestly kind of like, to be real with you, that was, I think that was the only period of time in my life I was like, man, I'm really kind of terrified. Like, shit's real. You I'm out here. 
I got a pit bull, which is not allowed in Dade County. You know what I'm saying? Right. Statue of limitations, I understand. Um, I got two pit bulls, honestly, in Miami. I'm in this little apartment. I got all my stuff out here, and like I don't really know nobody, trust nobody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I go to work. Like, I just try to go home. Only people I'm really messing with and trusting is people I already knew yeah. in my little Rough Rider family. You know what I'm saying? Right. And eventually, I broke out of that shell. And when I broke out of that shell, I was working... Literally four jobs, man. I'm a hustler. I was working four jobs. Just stay out of the streets, to be real with you. And uh, I looked up, and I was like, man, you know what? I can't do this no more. So I ended up, like, dropping some of my jobs down. I worked one job for a little bit in Boca Raton, Florida, at MIG, Multi-Image Group, which gave me a lot of game on, like, the live sound and, like, a lot mm-hmm. of corporate events. So I did a lot of stuff for, like, Porsche and TD Bank and Deutsche Bank and you know what I'm saying? That type of stuff, which is real good. You know, work and put on a resume. You feel me? Of course. Right, right. But I, I, like, I wasn't with it. I wanted to get back into the music thing. So I eventually left the Art Institute. Um, I was teaching at AIU, the American Intercontinental University. Ended up leaving them. And I ended up linking with SAE, the School of Audio Engineering. Yeah. Right? So I started working there. And uh, keeping one funky with you, like, it, it was dope. Because when I came there, I was like, man, I know this shit. Like, I've been grinding. I've been blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they put me in front of some real shit. Like, oh, you got to teach it. I was like, whoa, like I don't, I don't really know. Right, right, right. And like the fellas that was there, they already in the game. These people got like one of them is a hitman. Like Frank, shout out to my man Frank Sakura. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he working with Diddy and like yeah. and got hits already. And Frank Rodriguez, another one of my partners, he got hits with with Daddy Yankee. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All these people they working and like where SAE Miami was was right around the corner from the hit factory. Mm. Right. So. I kicked out of that shit. I don't know what kicked into me. I kicked out of that shit, and I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to learn everything that these motherfuckers in here know. Yeah, right. So straight up, like, I had no kids at that point in time. I had no, you know what I'm saying? Nothing going on but me just being able to hustle, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, do my little fun thing in Miami. So I, do, I went in every single one of their classes. I learned every single one of their classes, every program, everything that they did. Everything. And by the time I was done, I was able to teach everything that that school offered. Yeah. And at that point in time, I realized like my skills are where I was at, ten times better now. Like right. I can move across this SSL, I can, you know what I'm saying, move across this talked over here, and I can, I can, I can make it do what it do. It gonna, I ain't gonna sound like Hans Zimmerman or nothing, but right, like, right, right, right. You yeah, know, on the level working, that yeah. where I'm trying to get bread at, like I'm, I'm scraped. Right. So a lot of clients started like digging on to me. I started getting a lot of um, Spanish clients. I started getting a lot of like, you know what I'm saying, just Florida personnel. You know what I'm saying. Clients rolling in, and I had clients that were flying down to me because I was I was at fire. So what I used to do, and, and another thing is like, um, shout out to that man Scott Kleekai. I don't know. Oh, Scott, yeah, 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 yeah. He was there with like during orientation. What was it like? Yeah, the first I think he week. left like maybe our first semester, maybe. Yeah, he left in the first semester. Yeah, he was right. just introducing himself. Like I went to his studio. Um, I think it was like near Marietta. Yeah. yeah, his son, something. Well, matter of fact, yeah, he was yeah. like the main yeah. engineer in there. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. he was talking to us about the art compressor. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. an amazing compressor by Waze. Definitely. And, you know, just, you know, understanding his background, he had um, a story about um, DMX. DMX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, about X in the, in the <laughs> factory. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. A lot of crazy stories he was telling me, but one thing that intrigued me about him was his focus and his consistency mm-hmm. and his right. how humble he is. Because yeah. when we went to his studio, he was just basically showing us how to deal with different kind of clients because, of course, you're going to get different energies from every individual you work with. Right, right, So right. you got to know how to control the room. So I already know you had, you know, experience in that 
aspect, right. especially, you know, the difference that we learned from SAE. When you get into a studio, like when you run a studio, the pressure is different. Yeah, it's definitely different. So you got to learn through experience. So yeah. I know you have a lot of insights because day by day it was a training to get you better. So what yeah. are some of those moments that made you, you know, like, you know, appreciate what you was doing, but also some tips that made you better at mixing? So, um, Research was number one, man. Uh, honestly, finding out... Like if you like something, figure out how they, how they did it. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying. Like if you if you like something, you should know everything about it, man. If I buy a car, I know everything about that car. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. If I buy a motorcycle, I know everything about that motorcycle. So if I buy like a product or I see a product that I like in regards to music, I'm gonna figure out everything about it. Who yeah. mixed it? What did you use? Is it a YouTube video? And if I can't find it out, like I'm gonna dig until I find out how you did that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm gonna make my own way of doing that. So I think, like, really, that's that's number one advice I can say is, like, research. You know what I'm saying? Research what the hell you like. If if you make a music and it don't sound like the little baby song that's on the radio, then you ain't cutting. All, like, in my opinion, as being an engineer, like, I'm, I'm, I'm the dude that don't get no credit, and I'm cool with that. Like, I get the credit of doing it when I put it out because I'm trying to get clientele, for real, for real. But I'm the dude that's not looking for a pat on my back, but like, oh, boy, that thing sound mixed crazy. Like, that right. master sound crazy. No, I'm trying to give you a product where it's like the song sounds great. Right. This is a collaborative thing. You know what I'm saying? Well, unfortunately, we don't really get the tap on the back. People are more interested in the 808, the bass, and, you the know basics. what I'm saying? Yeah, like the, the lyrics, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you watch your favorite television, so... 95% of people are not looking at their television show and be like, oh, man, the cinematography in that is crazy. Right, right, right. They're just like, oh, this is a great movie. Oh, this is a great television show. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? That was that was one thing I had to realize. Like, I I got to get my, my, my product on the level of what's already out there, which is hard for us, too, because that changes. Right. Last five, like, five years ago, like, music don't sound the same. That's the sound right now. Yeah, it changes. Everything changes. Yeah, technology changes everything, so... Research, you know what I'm saying? That's that's my biggest thing. Um, invest into yourself. That's that's another big thing. Yes. Man, listen, you're an audio engineer, man. You ain't got a Mac. You ain't got an Apollo. Like, you're not an audio engineer. You know what I'm saying? You can't be a carpenter and not have a hammer. That's the, true. The best thing I ever did that I invested in personally was buying the plugins at the studio that I always work at. Most studios yeah. got, I got to buy that plugin. Yeah. I got to buy that bundle. I got to get it however I can get it. Yeah. I mean, when you when you get to recording at different studios and working out at different places and different yeah. spaces, even if you don't have that perfect home studio, if you don't, if you got that laptop, that Apollo, and even some headphones, sometimes if you don't need nothing else, you're gonna need them plugins, man. Yeah, yeah. For that's sure. what I learned, you know, personally. Yeah, for sure. Especially when it comes to the plugins, even if you're working in a studio, working with Steve Fabicki, like he was my mentor, so he sent me a lot of sessions. So there was a lot of different plugins I had to purchase myself just to open it up. Some were by UA, right. Waves, Isotope. And I remember one of the songs, Gucci On My, that Mike Will made it produce mm -hmm. with 21 Savage, YG, and Migos. Right. It was funny. There was a version that uh, Ray Schremer did. He sent me that session, too. Right. But they was doing the song arrangement. So I learned you know, the in-depth of actually creating a project. Yeah. And then you know specific plugins you need that's necessary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like you know, I'm still an instructor to this day. I'm, I'm a program chair um, at AIU, so I still teach classes here and there. And like one thing I always tell my students is like build your tool set. 
Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. you're an engineer, you really got to build your tool set. You got to figure out what what's good for you and what you specifically are going to need for whatever you're doing. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Your tool set as a producer might be totally different as me as a mastering engineer. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, definitely. Um, but always be prepared for anything. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. in this game. Like, I, like I'm not going to turn down a, ma a, record, a mixing job. Even though I'm a really a master engineer, I'm not going to turn out that mixing job. So I got to have the tools to mix too. Exactly. So it's important. So you have multiple sources of income at a young age. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's very big, especially if you want to be, you know, being successful. That's one thing, but also finding ways to actually use it to your advantage. That you don't really have to depend on one when you have different opportunities, different options you can make. Yeah. But it's all on you. And that's the big thing, you know, having that mindset, focus on, you know what, I don't want to live average. I got to do what I can to make sure my future is successful. But also, you know, you're learning every day. Right. Yeah, it's different when you, especially as a teacher, you know, day by day, you learn it from what you study, but also from your students, students. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I feel that's a, uh, I feel that really the, what defines a good teacher from like a bad teacher. Exactly. A bad teacher, you know what I'm saying? Somebody preaching at you and just giving you information and expecting you to contain that and you not know, regurgitate nothing to let them learn. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I always pride myself. I have a great reputation with all my students. Like yeah, I always pride sure. myself on that, for real, for real. Just for the simple fact, like there's so much knowledge out there and people. I'm not the only person spend. I can only spit my 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 information. Right. Yeah, I talk right. to people every day, learn some new shit, and be like, whoa. Like and totally changed my mind or something, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, just having a having a teacher mind frame and an educator's mind frame, and doing that is really really helpful, especially at a young age when I was able to soak it up. I'm getting old and bitter now, you know what I'm saying? But, right. but uh, you know what I'm saying? On Joseph's side, like for real, like at a younger age when you really still really still grabbing for that that information, like I'm trying to soak it in to get to. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm going to be comfortable at, man. That's the best thing in the world, man, is to converse with your students and let them, you know what I'm saying, teach you. Exactly. With me, I'm thankful to have a teacher like you. We learned from SAE, like, who was focused on, you know, a course, you know, making sure that students take the next step by information. Like, mm -hmm. when you told me about scores, I remember I listened to a few of their live webinars, went through a few seminars myself. So right. it's very beneficial, especially with the um, LLC information. But one thing I did focus on was making sure to always stay focused on learning something new. Like yeah, with me, definitely. one thing I started getting a lot of people into, like audiobooks or podcasts, like right. listening to different insights from people when it comes to whatever you want to listen to. So with mm -hmm. me, I try my best to do five audiobooks a week. Word. Yeah. But dealing with like leadership, financial literacy, some manuals I read like the... Um, Apollo, um, I was getting more information on like the SSL board at Tree Sound Studios when mm -hmm. I was up there too. So I was always trying to be in depth on something that can help me to better myself. Right. Especially mm -hmm. as an engineer, there's plugins coming out every other week. Actually, every week, honestly, if you yeah. think about all these like low company kind of plugins. Yeah. But yeah, even, um, you know, Cymatics? Cymatics, I've heard of them. Yeah, Cymatic is a, a sample pack company. They okay, got like okay. a total of over a million followers. And they basically got into making packs. But the thing that I learned about from them, networking with other people who are very knowledgeable, they have their own music event. Like I met a lot of individuals there that actually have their own company just like you. Right. And a lot of people was talking about creating their own LLC, right. you know, the business aspect. So I was learning from there. 
So when it comes to your company, Gravity One Media, yes. I want to understand exactly when you started that company, did you have people involved with you? Yeah, um, that was unique. Um, so I had DEG Media Group, right? <laughs> and I ran DEG Media Group from like 2001 to, I mean, it's still currently open, but like I, I ran it probably till I got, and I think in like 2013, I got with my partners. That was one good thing about school. I linked in with a real, real dope group of individuals and uh, that I knew I could trust with everything. And um, I was telling them like, man, we gotta get businesses together. Like I've been hunting my business for years. Like we don't run business in Savannah. Like I used to be a, I used to be a club promoter too in Savannah. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. Did it all. I used to be a club promoter and a DJ, man. I used to go by the name <laughs> DJ Magnum in Savannah, I swear for God. Mm. And um, I was telling all my partners that was involved with that, I was like, man, we all got skills in this art stuff that's capitalized the game. Right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? Like, I got the sound stuff on lock, and one of my other partners has some sound stuff on lock. Got the film stuff on lock, motion graphics, all this other stuff, right? So they were all last like, man, we, they, they, they were with it. Nothing I ever said, they, they never said no to. They were 100% with it. But I think everybody was at the point of time was like, man, we, we, we even still in college, or we fresh out of college. We trying to figure right, it out, too. <laughs> so, like, put it together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, mm -hmm. you, you, you got that. You know what I'm saying? So the first thing I did was get the paperwork and everything together. And I was living in Florida at that time. I got the paperwork together, got on sunbiz.org, started registering the business, got the bread together, got the funding, the capital, all that, all that other stuff that you need for a business to run, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I looked at it, and I was like, man, what am I going to name this? And I was like, you know what? This is really based around all my partners and my family. Everybody got a skill that could really contribute to this, to this company. So I really got to, you know what I'm saying, bring, bring this together. And that's where the gravity came from, like, you know, marinating together, you yeah, know what I'm saying, bringing yeah. it down. And then I was like, but you know what I'm saying, like, this is a lot of work, though. It is one of me doing this right now. So gravity, yeah. one. All right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how I ended up with the company, man. And it worked out. The logo ended up real good, which displayed, you know what I'm saying, right. um, what I do, which is A and V, the audio and video. And then it mm -hmm. kind of swoops down into the gravity thing. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's how I kind of formed the company together. And what it was originally... It was one of those things like all of us lived in central hubs in the United States. So we had mm -hmm. somebody in Cali, we had somebody in Houston, we had somebody oh, yeah. in Miami, somebody in New York, somebody in Atlanta at all given points in time. Right, right, right. So if I got a job and it was a motion graphics job, we're going to run this through the company, you know what I'm saying, what's your rate? And then, you know what I'm saying, the company would be able to take funds and, you know, save those funds, stack up capital, blah, 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 whoop, whoop, and that person didn't get paid their rate. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that way, nobody, I believe, like, if you work, you got to work for your rate. Like, period, at the end. If you mad the whole time you working on something because you know you ain't getting paid, it ain't going to come out right. It ain't going to come out with love. You feel exactly. me? So exactly. that's how me and my, my team kind of worked it out. And uh, after I, after a while, I looked up and I was like, man, you know, like, we really booming on a lot of a lot of good stuff. But mm -hmm. really trying to concentrate on that film stuff and then the music stuff just took off. You know what I'm saying? So, kind of give us a, a more of an outlook on how your film career has has gone. We've been talking about audio the whole time. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that film and audio is hand in hand. You yeah. will not watch a movie without sound, and you will not listen to nothing that don't... I mean, well, you will listen to something that don't have a picture, but you will want the video to come with it. Right, right. Your video is probably going to get more streams than your audio a lot of the time. Definitely. So. Definitely. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what you offer, and um, you know, just different knows that you were able to complete. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, 
my film career, like I said, I started off as a as a camera operator for ABC Sports, and I eventually moved into the audio department, but doing like broadcast work. I was union. Mm-hmm. I was like nineteen. I was guapping, and like just picked up that camera and started working. I started doing a lot of freelance stuff. I started. I, I did a couple of narratives. You know what I'm saying? Shot a couple of narratives for sure. But I got big into music videos, especially after I kind of got exposed with Dushan. So I know we did some music videos with Nitty, and you know I did some music videos with him. He was a rapper also, so he had tracks with Boosie and you know what I'm saying, yeah, and flawed stuff. And um, I just started linking on that. And then when I went to Miami, honestly, the concentration more or less was on audio because I just finished my master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up buying some camera gear out there and ended up getting on a couple of films um, out there. Um, flew out to LA a couple of times, did a Resident Evil joint. You know, ended up getting my little IMDB credits, uh, which was okay. dope, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and then I knew so much. I, you know, I did four years of film in school, and that was my, that was really my hustle. That's what, you know yeah, what I'm saying? That's what you did. Like, yeah, that was really my hustle. Like, I really kind of became a real good audio engineer on a mistake, you know what I'm saying? Because I was the audio engineer that knew how to work at SSL. Right. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right, right. So that it really kind of like, you know, it was just a totally different story, but that's really kind of how it happened. So on the film side, we were just like, you know what? Like, we can we can really do anything. So at that point in time, you know, you build from where you at and it kind of get your practice up, and especially if you're playing with somebody's money. So we started off doing a lot of weddings and, you know what I'm saying, event type stuff. That yeah. way, you know, you got a lot of footage, you got a lot of B-roll, you can cut it together, et cetera, et cetera. And then, uh, you know, I started broadcasting out a little bit more in regards to other services that I know my team had. And our productions look great just because, like, I had my partner Cam. He did motion graphics. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of great motion graphic work out there in the yeah, world. You know right. what I'm saying? And my brother Mondo, he works for ESPN. He's the one that does the graphics for ESPN. He was with CNN and Disney, like all these other places. So we just kind of combined all of our work together. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got paid or whatever else. So if we were doing a, pro, uh, a free job, then everybody just put it in. That way we had that dope looking work. So by the time we looked up, like services wise, we were doing cinematography, animation, 2D and 3D, Cinema 4D, um, Maya, motion graphic work, audio work, sound work, everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and um, you know, real quick, the reason why I asked you about that, um, it just goes back to what Ray was talking about, about having multiple streams of income, you know. A lot of people don't understand how much of the same industry ties into each other. Right. And versus working, you know, two jobs that don't have anything to do with your industry. You know, you can find a lot of different ways to make multiple stream incomes in your industry, doing oh, yeah. different things, and it'll open your eyes up to a lot. Because I know uh, me and Ray both, um, and at, at SAE, we ended up doing events. Never would have ever probably thought we'll be doing events, doing sound for events, and setting up different concerts and different things like that. But just by being so intrigued with audio, now we know how to do video when it comes to live and corporate events, when it comes yeah. to live sound and different things like that. Right. Uh, not just on the music tip, even things like podcasts and things like that. We, we were able to find other things that were in our genre of what we wanted to do. And then next thing you know that this is all you do. You don't have to worry about making multiple streams of income from elsewhere. That's right. why I asked that question, though, by the way. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Now, that's a great, 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 great point, man. If you find something that you love, man, stick with it, especially if it's taking care of you and your family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
Yeah, exactly. Because um, with Lee and I, it started with SAE, but then we started going to like, we interned at the same studio at Castle Hill Studios. Right. We started working at Crew One. Right, we right. worked at different AV companies together. He was doing like the events of it, doing the decoration. And we always had that focus of learning as much as we can. It's only a matter of time till um, Lee and I go into film. It's only yeah. a matter of time, yeah. especially yeah. the many stages we built, the many times we were A1s, L1s, A2s, L2s, yeah. like working front of house. It's amazing how you can create something from the foundation and see the ended results. Right, right, right. Yeah. Man, listen, I'm, I'm going to give you all a tip. How I really, like, here in Atlanta specifically, yeah. like, I've been doing films for a long time because that's what my degree is in, right? Both yeah. of them technically like an audio degree and a film degree, right? Right. Based around film. When I came down to Atlanta, what I found was it was especially in the African American community. Yeah, we got so many films coming out. Like if you pay attention to that, like that real film, like industry or what's coming out of Atlanta. Yeah, there's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of companies that really pushing out that work. So I found a company, linked up with somebody. I don't even. I can't even tell you how I linked up with them. But like what I used to do is I used to tell them, like if your movie. Hour and a half, I'll charge you two bands. And that's low. That's a low yeah, yeah, That's a low rate. Yeah, that's a low rate for a two People hour. Want 500 for three minute music. Yeah, video. yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure they do. Yeah. So what I would do is I would take that, but I would give them the disclosure like, hey, listen, I'm going to try my best on this. So depending on what you give me or what you're going to get back, you're going to get a better quality. Exactly. But like, I'm really doing this so I can get my skills up. Like, this is what I've done previously, but. You know, this is the way it go. And I'll get my yeah. bread up front. Woo! Mm-hmm. All right? And I'll work on their stuff. And thank God, like, thank God. Like, most, of, most of my projects, I had one project that went back. Like, I don't cap. You know what I'm saying? Like, one project went back. was like, man, this ain't the move. Like, but, like, most of my projects ended up real good. And what that did is that gave me an opportunity of building my tool set. Because I knew I needed a tool set. So at that point in time, I was able to get RX and, die, you know, the dialogue, denoiser, and that type of stuff, like, mm-hmm. to really kind of clean up on that post side yeah. and have it on my personal. Right. So that really gave me a time to kind of build. So next time, it, it went from that two bands to, like, now nah, we going back up to that industry rate. Now I got some work under me that look good. I can show you some stuff. You can go look it up, blase, blase, woo-de-woo. Now you can also see, you know what I'm saying, why is that that this particular cost? Right. So you right. got to put this into the budget or find somebody else with. So if you're mm-hmm. looking, and that happens a lot, you know what I'm saying? I know I turn down jobs that can't afford for the time I'm going to put in there. That movie take a real, real, real long time to do. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and, and directors want it quick. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So you got to, you know, bring that time back in. So those jobs fall off of, you know, somebody like me that's been doing it for 15 years. And like they be looking for the people that's going to do it and for two bands, three bands, you know what I'm saying? Which is which is okay, especially if you're coming up. Yeah. It's really about establishing your name. I think that's everything, man. I, yeah. Like, I, I like no offense to anybody, and like, there's no cap, but I'm pretty sure there's great people out there based off of their name. You know what I'm saying? I always heard this thing, it was like, you know, nine times out of ten, you get hired at a job, not for the simple fact of what you can do, but just the simple fact that, like, who you are and they can yeah. work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can rock with you, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, what you can do is an added plus. Like, you get, that's kind of just like the necessity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just there. But, like, that, that camaraderie and, like, networking and just getting those, getting those plugs is really everything, for real, for real. Definitely, definitely, man. When it came to your business, like what you're doing now and working with different individuals at the time being, how is it working on your personal to an extent? Because I know when I used to be a studio rat 
at Castle Hill Studio, be working like an eight-hour session, intern for like, what, six hours, three hours at yeah. times? It depends. 10, 12, and yeah. I'm telling you. And time be going by so quick with your business. How do you have time to like balance it out with just your personal? Man, um, I think your personal is just as important as business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I work a normal job, I run run a company. I got a little boy. I got you know I got a family. Yeah. Um, it's just 24 hours in a day. That's a lot of time. Yes. If you really really sit there yeah. and calculate that out, that's a lot of time. Like I feel like it, at the point in time where I'm hustling and really really getting out there. My time was very structured. I know I need eight hours of sleep in order to be able to function and do my job right. Mm -hmm. I know it's gonna take me this long, you know what I'm saying, to to eat and drive and blah blah blah. Like I, I was very structured in that way. I didn't just I just didn't waste no time. There was no time for lollygagging with me. Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying. I feel like you you grow into that. Like you know what I'm saying. That's something that you earn. That's not something that you just should be given. You know mm -hmm. to anybody. And I I really still kind of got that mind frame. You know what I'm saying. I just kind of focus on really what's What's important, so my personal life is real important. You know what I'm saying? Being around my family, my loved ones, you know what I'm saying? My my right hand, like my little man. Like, you know what I'm saying? My, yeah. I have my own personal time. That's real, man. You know, people really, 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 really be going through mental health issues. I, you know what I'm saying? African-American, like white, black, whoever, you know what I'm saying? That's, it's not, you know what I'm saying, anything that's biased to anybody. So I think a lot of times, especially as an engineer, where our grievance come in, we be working so much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. And I just got to the point of time and knowing how to, like, one thing I learned was monopolizing. Learn how to monopolize myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to keep a clutch on this right. right here in order for me to be able to do everything else that I need to do. So my personal time, man, like, I don't have no problem with that. Like, even when I was a young instructor, y'all ain't never seen me come in there tired. Stressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, no, no. You look like you be at peace. I be at peace, 100, yeah. 150%. I love what I do. So if I got to spend 12 hours on something, then cool. If I got to sacrifice a job just to know I got to go take my little boy and go play on the playground, you know, pre-COVID, you know yeah, what I'm saying, pre-COVID, then that's what I got to do. You yeah, know what I'm sure. saying? Like, like, everything about sacrificing, I don't mind saying no. That's something I had to learn, too. I don't mind saying no. I think people respect you a lot more when, when you say no. And like, I don't get no excuses. Like, nah, that's my time with my little man. Or, nah, that's my time to go kick with my shorty. Or, that, that, that's my time to go, you know what I'm saying? Or, nah, that's not enough. Yeah, you got to have that balance. <laughs> that's that's different. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, just different no's and take you a long yeah, way. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't selfish, but it is. Like, came here by yourself. You leave here by yourself. But yeah. a personal time is everything, man. I hustle for my last name, not my first. You feel me? Dang Indeed. Dad said that. You know Indeed. what I'm saying? Indeed. So, that personal time, everything. For real, for real. Yeah, exactly. So when it comes to the business, like when you're mixing, because yeah. we talked about the film, do you have your own template or presets you go to when you're doing a session? Um, well, <laughs> here's the secret, right? If I'm mixing a session, no, I start from scratch. Mm. Uh, I talk with the artists. I try to figure out what they're going for. And a lot of my artists, I'm able to reference their songs because they got music out already. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, yeah. So, I try to figure that out, or I try to figure out if I. A lot of times, I don't have access to the artist, so I'm keeping one hundred. Like song just gets sent to me, get exactly. it done. That's how the label do. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm -hmm. That's how the labels do. So like, send me the song, just get to it, right? Like we heard your work, like blah blah blah. So for me, a lot of times that's hard. It's like shit. You heard what work? 
You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Like, you know, and this song over here sounds different from this one over here. But different. all right. So what I'll try to do is I'll go and study the artist. Like I said, do your research, study. Yeah. And then, honestly, I got a breakdown in time, bro. Like, the way I be looking at it, like, I know what I like to get paid hourly. And if, or just figuratively speaking, if I like to get paid $100 an hour and I know this job is only paying me $400, I'm not going over four hours. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna figure out how to do it within that time, and I think that was a get it done. Yeah, I gotta get it done. Yeah, you, you know gotta be saying? efficient in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I gotta go over that, like, I can't blame them. I gotta blame myself. Exactly. Yeah. Because if I gotta go over that, then I didn't calculate the time right or the cost right or didn't say no. Right. So now I gotta eat that, and I'm gonna be happy about doing that because I'm a man about mine. So, you know, that really kind of focuses me on my on my time factor with with being an engineer and being a master engineer. Um, but like the templates, to be honest with you, not really, not on the, on, not on the mixing tip. I like, I like to start from scratch because mm. everybody sound different. You know that what I'm saying? So I try to find, like, if I can't get to the artist, I try to find their hardest song. Or if I can't get to the artist, I want a reference from that particular artist. You know what I'm saying? Or somebody yeah. that they trying to sound like, the, you know, somebody else. Right. On the mastering tip, that's a little bit easier for me. There's certain things I template out, like. My limiting, like, I kind of template that out depending on what I'm working on. Like, I still do a lot of, like, reggaeton and, like, you know, soca music, you know, from my people in Miami, my crew in Miami, and my yeah. crew out in uh, Cali. They send me a lot of that type of work. Yeah, so I got to kind of, you know, a template for certain things with, with, with them. And then my, like, I got, I got a huge, 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 like, thing of Atlanta music that's coming in. You know what yes. I'm saying? So yeah. I got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, got this particular sound for for my Atlanta clientele, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, certain things I can template in regards to a master, but everything has its own individual touch because everything sounds different. None, none of my music, none of my music ever sounded like okay. ever, 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 ever. They might be at the same level or whatever else, but there's certain things I got to pull out of people's music, you know what I'm saying, right. or right. make, highlight it, you know what I'm saying? I do it to my liking because I want to like your music. So... You know what I'm saying? I sample it around, you know what I'm saying? And like you can't let you can't play your music for nobody else. So yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I gotta send it back to the label, but I it, like generally I'm able to nail it just for the simple fact. Like I'm doing it so I like it. So you like yeah, it. yeah. If I like it and with a good trained ear, like if I like it, then it should be able to rock. It should, yeah, 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 it yeah, should yeah, be able to rock. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So speaking on mixing and mastering in this portion of the podcast. Give us a few of your favorite plugins or the most efficient plugins for th certain things. Just kind of like on a, a broad level, it really don't have to be your sauce. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, but there's a, <laughs> a few plugins for beginner engineers, <laughs> mid-level, even high-level engineers, producers. Just things that they should definitely have and why they should have it. For sure, get a Waves bundle. Well, you know what? Right, let me let me start this. Here. I'll say this. Yeah. Learn. The plugins and Pro Tools first. The stop yeah. plugins. Stop plugins. Exactly. Like, learn them. Get them I still down. Use them. Like mm -hmm. to the day. Sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah. I do straight up to the day. That yeah, Dynamic yeah. Three compressor I still use to this day. For yep. real, for real. Yep. Yeah. And and uh, seven band EQ. The seven band yeah. EQ. Yes, sir. Steve got me on the seven band EQ. Man, I love, love it. it. Yes. Learn those stock ones. And I always tell people to learn the stock ones because no matter what studio you're going around to, you know they're going to be there. They'll be there. <laughs> like if you working in Pro Tools, <laughs> they are going to be there. Definitely. All right. Then after you do that, I would tell people to look into the Waves bundle, man. And in my honest opinion, 
going over the gold or platinum bundle is really not a necessity unless you're buying packs. One thing I do love in Apex is the SSL collection. Oh, mm -hmm. the, yeah, the SSL. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge SSL person. My favorite board is the SSL 4000. Nice, um, for sure. That that bus compressor is great. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah, the G compressor? Yeah, it's a yeah. monster. It's a monster. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love that compressor. I tell people to go there. Honestly, after that, I would have to give it up to Universal Audio. I think Universal Audio is my top. They got the best plugins in the world. Yeah, they got the best plugins in the world to me right now. Expensive plugins as hell. are pristine. Like, you can literally... Um, like, Castle Hill Studio has a Manly Veramute. Yeah. And I actually got the Manly Veramute plug-in yeah. on the Apollo and changes the character of the track itself. Yeah. It's like how they glued it. Yeah. yeah. Like, the G compressor the and the Manly Veramute. Yeah. Like, it's a different type of... That's that sound that people be looking for. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? If you like, know how what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, I I got all of them. I got every single Universal Audio plug. -in. Really? Yeah, yeah, every yeah, single yeah. one. Yeah. Beats every wave plug in. Invest in yourself. You <laughs> like, hear me? Invest in yourself. Like, hey man, them plugins are not cheap. Nah, man. they. No, they're you not. Know what get what a chance to just buy one a month, one every two months. UAD top what, of the line. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the um, Neve 1073 is like. Four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. You gonna spend about fifteen oh, bands yeah. to get everything. I was about to say yeah. about four hundred. I was just looking at them. Yeah, you gonna spend about fifteen bands to get everything. You know what I'm saying? But but it's very, it's much worth it, especially if you have a home studio. Because I got a satellite with mine, so I have yeah. more like more push power. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Especially when I'm using the vocal chain that I have already on the Apollo, and then when I'm mastering it, also have you know the mastering plugins in there. I might be using some of the. EQ compressor straight from the Apollo at times just to you right. know get like a very different kind of feel right. with the mm -hmm. product that I have. Right, right, yeah. right, right. I use some outboard gears too when necessary, but like working out of the Apollo really changed my workflow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's everything for me right now, man. I work especially after you know COVID. Like I ain't, I, I I've been good about working in my own studio, and um, I, I've been banging them out like you know what I'm saying in my own personal studio. My whole studio is tuned based off of my, my Universal Audio plugin. My speakers are tuned based off of that. Like, I'm flat in my room because I got, you know what I'm saying, bass traps and oh, you know, panels, yeah. panels. And you know what I'm saying, my room is built and everything. So, mm -hmm. but like, everything, you know what I'm saying, it runs through that Universal Audio. Like, that's the first thing I, I like I go to, to be honest with you, nowadays. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Universal Audio is, is, is a, it, it, it was so, the plugins were so good, they would recreate of plugins that was in the studio, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like analog gear. <laughs> but the problem was, like when they put them out, they were they 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 were as good or a little bit better than them old them old analog gear that was in there. So mm -hmm. like they like kind of messed the studio game up a little right, bit. Right, for right. real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Especially like there's a lot of mixing engineers who use in the box. Yeah. Andrew Sheps, he talked about he do a lot of in the box. I like to study like those top engineers in the game, like. Dave Pensado, Jason Joshua, Jason Josh, yeah. yeah, Steve Vicky, mm -hmm. Two Man, uh, Tony Maserati, yeah. yeah, Phil Tan, mm -hmm. Leslie, oh, can't forget yeah. Leslie. Oh, Leslie, yeah, actually, yeah, I met definitely. Leslie and Phil Tan um, at SAE. SAE, yeah, yeah, we had yeah. them down there. Phil yeah, Tan I mean, said the funniest like thing to me because I asked him when he's using the EQ and compressor, what are some go-to techniques that he could like tell me. He described it as. Well, you got to think of it as like, try to think like peanut butter, like a sandwich is how you combine it. I was like, okay, that was deep, 
because Bill was telling me he was more insightful from like the lessons he learned, especially yeah. his background. And it made sense because with EQ and compression, it's the levels that your your ears are accustomed to. Just like what um Leslie said, like some people ask him his range and he tell them basically it's what my ears perceive. What right. sounds good to me, I go there. There's mm -hmm. no specific range. You really gotta trust yourself and trust, yeah, trust yeah, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely gotta keep like your own head is gonna be your best tool, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. your own ears are definitely your best tool. I agree with that. Especially master. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your head's gonna be right. Man, that's a that's a whole nother a whole nother level. Just just for the people who really don't understand the difference between mixing and mastering, kind of give them a a synopsis basically on on what mastering really is. Cause you gotta, I and you know I don't knock nobody hustle, and I understand that the best the best way to learn is to experience. Right. Yes. So you don't want to turn down experience if you got an opportunity to experience it, whether you know what you're doing or not. You know, just kind of let them know like. Break down mastering for a lot of uh, listeners that might not know that it's a huge difference. All right. So I'm going to make that brief, but I'm going to make it like we're going to go a little deep, right? So when it comes down to mastery, right, what that is is really the finalization of the song. You know what I'm saying? It's two parts to it. One part is getting the data in the song so your, the song can be traced and get paid from your song. Like the artist name comes up, you know what I'm saying, and all and all the information that needs to be put on the song is put on the song. Right. Everybody can get their credits, whatever. Then you got the audible section of mastering, and that's really getting the song ready for any and everything, like making sure it's going to sound good in studios, going to sound good in people's cars, specifically people's cars, because that's most of the time when people listening to music, it sound good on them Apple earbuds, it sound good on headphones, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So making it sound good for multiple platforms and mediums. But like to get deep into it is is really kinda like playing with human sensory. Be real with you. Hearing music, everything is is a sensory. Just like taste, touch, sight, all that. Mm -hmm. You know, certain things we don't like to taste, certain certain shit we don't like to smell, certain things we don't like to see, and certain things we don't like to hear. So when you're doing a mix, you're putting it together, you're making it sound good, you know what I'm saying? So our job is to really get in there, in my opinion, is to find the things that don't necessarily sound good that's still in that track. Right. And control them or take them out or level it out. So it's a lot of EQing, there's a lot of compressing. I have the complete track at that point in time. Or a lot of times I'll master for like my high-end clients that pay a little bit more. I'm mastering their vocals different from the beat or the stems of the beat. You know what I'm saying? So there might be like five or six masters going on depending on how many stems is in that song. But it's really just messing with sensories and making sure that like frequencies are not conflicting and that type of stuff because there's certain things human beings just don't like to hear. Right. So to really study that, to understand the psychological of a human and then make it into music or clean somebody's music up is really where it's at. So I always tell like, I'm gonna be the one to tell you I ain't selling myself for anything. If you're an artist, you're a label, you whoever, you feel me? And you ain't not getting your music mastered, like, you really ain't doing nothing, to be honest with you, because that's a standard. That's one of those things that, like, is really a non-negotiable. If you're looking for somebody to really pick on and pick on to your song, then that's what it is. And what ends up happening a lot of times, when folks put out music, it be just them, like, in the crib doing it, you know what I'm saying, fun, put it out, it get picked up. Yeah. Somebody picks it up, and they slide you that check. It be like, oh, yeah, we got to redo this whole song, yeah. and now you don't lost credits on your song. Because you want to get that check where you could have had a lot more and able to call a lot more shots because you're doing your own music properly. Exactly. Or you're paying for all your music to be done properly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're getting towards the end of the show now. 
any upcoming projects, recent projects that you want everybody to go check out, this is the time to, you know, just pretty Ooh. much toot your horn. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. um, promote your, your business and promote your work and let everybody know where they can find you also and what you got going on. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate y'all joining with me today. Thank um, you for coming. Definitely, definitely, definitely on um, Facebook, Gravity One Media Group. Uh, Instagram um, at fully the mixer f u l l y t h e m i x e r. Uh, definitely got an artist under the company. Name's Candy Brown. Candy Brown. Yeah, shout, shout out, out Candy there. Brown. Shout out to Candy Brown. She's doing her thing. She's ripping and running right now. Definitely doing her thing. Got two singles out. Get that stash. You know what I'm saying? It's the latest single that we got out. Definitely bangers. Upcoming projects, man. I, I've been having a lot of work came in um within the last month. I know, uh, you know, I've had a Rich the Kid and Broke as Fuck. Uh, Flute Track, that's out. Go peep that. G Herbo, YPC Nige. I've been doing work with Young and Ace. Uh, mm, so yeah. I definitely got some, uh, I got about six Young and Ace tracks. Uh, his newest single uh, just came out. So that's my one of mine. Go check out my IG. OMPPZ. I just did a PZ track. Oh, yeah. Like, sure. literally, before I came here, I finished it before I came here and shipped that thing off. <laughs> oh, so man. I just did a PZ track before I came here a couple of hours ago. So, I mean, definitely a lot more work coming in, man. Um, just did a whole album for my partner, um, Don Jones. Crazy album, Take Off, Deluxe, you know what I'm saying? Deluxe version. Definitely go peep that album. Uh, did all the mastering on that. Uh, got some good features on there, Willie Hans on there, you know what I'm saying? So, for sure, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, um, shout out to that boy, Flames P. He's on there, man. Like, definitely good, good grip of um, artists I've been, I've been working with. I mean, that's that's the last month, like, for real, for yeah. real, like, no cap. Yeah. So, again, we'd like to thank you for coming. Appreciate it. It was a great opportunity for us. Uh, you know, we go way back. It's history right here in this room. Yeah. Uh, you know, this man motivated us to, to really become who we are. And, um, you know, soon we'll be multimedia geniuses as well. Thank you again for coming, man. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yes, Everybody, y'all go follow him at Fully The Mixer. Fully The Mixer on IG, man. Y'all make sure y'all go check out his page. Y'all hear what the man doing. He really working. He doing it himself. And uh, this is a good model for you to model your career after, man. This is what he do for a living in multiple ways, not working for anybody else, man. Yeah, and YL and I want to say thank you again for coming out today because, Appreciate like, it. you inspired us to get where we are today, and, you know, we still got a lot of work to put in. There's a lot more Definitely. that's going to be done in the near future. So, again, thank you for coming out. And we just want to thank everybody who's listening to the podcast right now visiting the website at rebelears.com. And we also want to thank the Building 400 at Northside Drive for actually allowing us to use their location for the podcast right now. So just want to thank everybody who's listening and keep tuning in.